take the opportunity of just mentioning we are Gary and Kathy House, and uh, we're happy to be with you this morning. We really are. And uh, we're going to talk about this morning, Strong at Home, and as we've been going through the series, but this morning we're going to focus especially on relationships inside the home, relationships inside the home. And uh, it'll be a joy to be able to share some things with you. What I love is how the Holy Spirit weaves together the message that he has for each of us, you and us, this morning. Caitlin, that was an awesome worship service. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Um, Amen. You know, she, Amen, our assignment this morning was so huge and massive that we had to condense it. And we asked the Holy Spirit to narrow it for us, and we believe he did. And then Caitlin, I'm sure, prayed, and the Holy Spirit gave her the songs. I've been working on um, my attitude in worship um, the last couple of weeks. I don't want to take it lightly because there is a message in our worship. And yes. this morning, Caitlin actually, through the Holy Spirit, gave the context of our message that we want to present. Um, she talks about, my fear doesn't stand a chance mm -hmm. when I stand in your love. Mm -hmm. Remember that. Mm -hmm. And then she goes on to champion. And it, when I lift my voice, mm -hmm. when I open my voice, miracles will come. I have the authority Jesus has Amen. given us Amen. authority, people. Let's recognize it and take it. Well, it's been a year now since COVID and pandemic has actually changed our lives, the, at least the lives as we've known it. And it's not only here in Santa Maria, but it has been worldwide. Mm -hmm. And you've heard, like I've heard, we're in this together because it's not easy. Mm -mm. It's been quite an impact on our homes. Pastor's been talking to us about home as the new hub. People are spending more time at home. Kids are doing school at home. Many are working at home. We're eating more meals at home. Yay. <laughs> the limited social activities has caused us to create fun at home. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not all bad. You know, there's been some good things come out of this. Mm -hmm. Even our worship services have been moved into our homes, and some of you are at home enjoying this mm -hmm. right now, um, via uh, social media. Let me talk? Yeah, you can, okay, all right. if you'd like to. <laughs> I, can, I have plenty to say. <laughs> You know, all of these kind of things that we begin to try to facilitate in our homes is challenging. Okay, you don't have to raise your hand to say yes. But uh, <laughs> they, we found it challenging, and it's just us two, you know, and, and, uh, and beginning to slow down and begin to find out how do we process all of that together. Here's the good part. The good part is the fact that we have God. And he knows how to take us from here to here to here to here. And regardless of what the circumstance might be for us, God 
is there with us to take us through? You know, pre-pandemic, um, most of us, many of us, were just busy people. Mm -hmm. We were busy and on the go. Meaning, well, if you're like us, we weren't home that much. No. You know, home was a place to change clothes and, and get ready for the next. And um, sometimes sleep <laughs> as well. Yeah, sometimes we slept, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, when you're not home, uh, well, let's say our primary focus isn't on our relationships. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's really hard to develop healthy relationships when you're not spending very much time together. Mm-hmm. Now, Gary and I, we have discovered that as long as we are busy, I'm doing my thing, he's doing his thing, you know what? We get along really well. Yes, very well. <laughs> um, I'm sure nobody could identify. <laughs> but as soon as we are put together and we have to be together, then we see little irritations that start to pop up between us. Mm-hmm. Now, my guess is this might be true for you, too. Um, you know, relationships take work. They don't just happen. Right. Just last week, Gary and I decided that we were going to take a drive as a date. We hadn't had a date in a while, and there's not many places you can go, so a, a drive was a good idea. And living mm -hmm. on the central coast here, we have a beautiful drive to experience. So I was happy. I was excited. I got dressed. I fixed my hair up. Um, I was filled myself up with caffeine, which those who know me, if you get, there's a point where I have enough caffeine that I get very chatty. Chatty Kathy. Um, what I, so I'm, I'm real chatty. We're in the car and I'm just a chatty. What I didn't know was how Gary was struggling with pain and therefore he wasn't responding as I anticipated and expected. So our emotional responses were less than date worthy. Um, <laughs> I don't need to expound on that. You can, you can imagine. But after a few miles of silence, the story that we're doing, the study that we're doing on Nehemiah come to my mind. And I said out loud, you know what, Gary? We don't need to listen to Sambalat and Tobiah. They were telling us <laughs> in our minds. They were feeding us in our minds. You know what? We don't need to listen to them. Let's focus on enjoying our date. Yeah, in this story of Nehemiah, you know, we begin to find some parallel lessons that I think are important for us as we journey through this time this morning. I think it's going to be beneficial to our relationships. So think with that in mind of your relationships that you have in your life right now, and all. how can some of these things we're going to share be applied into your life? Now, if by any chance you have missed any of Pastor's messages um, on Strong at Home, they can be found online mm -hmm. um, as seen on your screen. And uh, it, it is well worth your time to listen to because it's so vital that we take seriously what happens inside the walls of our homes. Now, Nehemiah, he recognized the walls of his home city were broken. And he decided that he wanted to be partnering with God in rebuilding them. You know, walls are really important. <laughs> 
you know, think about that for a moment. If we didn't have walls right now, we wouldn't be holding up a ceiling and we would be out in the elements and so forth. And that's not good for a white boy like me, especially. And, uh, but you know, there's also walls in our home. There's physical walls, but sometimes there's also emotional and mental walls that we put up and construct and put up. And we need to begin to process how those things need to be done. In fact, sometimes in our homes, our physical walls may be intact, but our relational walls can be broken. And as we've been walking through this study, we've begun to see some of those aspects. But here's the good part. Walls also provide, when they're properly built and put in place, the strength, the protection, and the insulation that is needed for all that needs to happen. So rebuilding and repairing walls of our hearts and lives takes intentionality, and it also takes work. So let's dive in. We'll look at some things of how we do that today. You know, Gary, with any project, whether it's a building project or a remodeling project or a repairing project, um, there are challenges. Mm -hmm. Challenges, they're to be expected. And we find that in the story of Nehemiah, this was very true um, for what Nehemiah was experiencing as he was build, rebuilding the walls. But you know what? This is very true for us also. That's right. You know, and sometimes we get upset. Well, excuse me. <laughs> Kathy and I may get upset, you know, when you're faced with challenges and conflicts. You know, I mean, who really enjoys that? It's kind of like, oh, man, what did I say again? Or what did I do again? Or whatever. You know, when we go through that whole routine. But sometimes we get discouraged with it, and we just find, let's just give up. It's not worth the fight. It's not worth trying to struggle through to make it work. Or we may also have the sense of just wanting to give up. But at times, when we begin to allow the Spirit of God to do something in us, there can be created a determination to overcome. We want to talk about that today. You know, the difference we, we see um, in this was found in the, the basis of pastor's text last week, Nehemiah 4, 9, verses 9 and 14. And his points were so succinct. Mm -hmm. Guard, pray, remember, and fight. You know, in verse 9 it says, But we prayed to our God and guarded the city day and night to protect ourselves. One of the interesting things I find in the book of Nehemiah, you may have noticed this already, um, that Nehemiah, it's recorded, he prays 11 different times that it's recorded. You can assume that it was likely more than that that he did. But those were definitely spoken of in there. And it begins to give us this sense of the, the importance of prayer when it comes to relationships in our homes. And how our prayers make a difference, both in ourselves and in those around us as well. It's so important that we pray. But not just that we just kind of pray and shoot up arrow prayers up to God and so forth like that. Not that that's entirely wrong. Nor am I wanting to imply, hey, you need to take about two hours every morning, you know, to pray over yourself in your home. You know, if you've got that time, wonderful. Use it for that purpose. But for many of us, we have jobs, we have responsibilities, our school, and we don't have that kind of time. But that doesn't mean we can't pray as we get up 
with good morning, Lord, and we continue a conversation all day. And you just continue that constant time back and forth with the Lord. That's what I find Nehemiah doing. Every time there was a conflict or a challenge, he turned to the Lord. He said, God, help me now. And you know what? God did. Praise God. Verse 14, I'll read it. Then as I looked over the situation, he was alert. He was aware. I called together the nobles and the rest of the people. Mm -hmm. I called together. You know, there are times that we need to come together. Right. And I said to them, don't be afraid of the enemy. You know what? The enemy, sometimes that's our circumstances. And we need to not let fear rise up in our circumstances, in our challenges, in our conflicts. The verse goes on, remember. Yeah. Pastor massaged that last week really, really well. Remember who? The Lord. The Lord, mm -hmm. that's right. Who is great and glorious. Mm -hmm. And then the instruction comes and fight. Fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. So we need to exercise fear, I mean faith over fear mm -hmm. and accept Amen. that challenge to fight. You know, our focus this morning is going to be how to strengthen the relationships within our homes. We have a deep burden about that because we've dealt with families, couples, individuals, people that were in grave problems and extremes that I won't even try to go explain all of that to others that have more, I would use minor in, in a sense, things. But one of the common things is there's a struggle within any relationship. I don't care who you are, how spiritual you are, how long you've known the Lord, there's going to be conflicts and there's going to be some struggles. But learning how with God's grace to come along and depend upon him and evolve the Lord into that is what's going to make the difference. Because with our relationship with the Lord and our relationship with our other relationships within our lives, whether it's our spouse, whether it's our families, our kids, our uh, siblings, whoever it might be, that with these two relationships, we want them to be healthy and nurtured uh, as we begin to seek to follow the Lord with all of our hearts. You know, Gary... What you said is so good. I know. We, <laughs> we, we have, we will have, we will be married 48 years, no, 49 40, years. Very good, very good. You remember. I, it's hard to remember. <laughs> 49 years come June. Yay. It's been good. <laughs> but you know what? There's still struggles. Mm -hmm. You don't arrive. I used to think, oh, if I was spiritual enough, we wouldn't have any conflicts. There wouldn't be any irritations. There wouldn't be any struggles. People, let me take away that disillusionment for you. <laughs> it is an effort, and it takes work, and it's sometimes a fight to contend for healthy relationships. Amen. Amen. Up to this point in the story of Nehemiah, it was really fairly easy to see and to recognize the enemy. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they, it, was, it was pretty obvious. And the plot 
that the uh, that help keep the people from working. Mm -hmm. Okay, with Nehemiah's leadership, the people were able to focus and continued to work. But now we come to chapter five, and in chapter five and six, we see something change. Mm -hmm. Now the enemy, he's he he's becoming a little more subtle, maybe even something a little unexpected. But you know what? His agenda is always the same. Right, it right. doesn't change. Mm -hmm. What's his agenda? To hinder, to hinder the work of God. And this is the same is true for us. So let's see what's happening starting in chapter 5, verse 1. About this time, some of the men and their wives raised a cry of protest, notice, against their fellow Jews. You know, for the sake of time this morning, we're not going to try to read through the whole chapter. It's worthy of your read, but uh, we'll let you do that for either some afternoon time because there isn't football. So, um, or late night reading, one or the other, whichever is best for you. But we do want to point out a couple of points of distraction that uh, cause the community to begin to focus in a wrong direction more inwardly rather than outside, which is why we also bring out the thought of relationships inside the home. You know, we've got plenty of things outside, but we want to look at a lot of what's happening on the inside. Sometimes the conflicts that we have and the opposition from those we know very well are more hindering and damaging than those from the outside. I don't think I have to elaborate on that. Most of us have walked through those kind of things or are walking through those things for some of us right now. And for these people, the Jews, the conflict was so painful and damaging they were distracted and they were distraught to the point that they finally sought help. You know, Gary, that's so important for us to understand that sometimes um, seeking help from someone that's trusted is a mm -hmm. really a good thing. Mm -hmm. It's a healthy thing. Don't hesitate to um, allow or don't hesitate to get, uh, get help because of the fear, the embarrassment, or even the guilt. Mm -hmm. We want you to reach out and get the help you need when you need it. We find in Nehemiah, uh, in this fifth chapter, that when the people went to Nehemiah, Nehemiah listened. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we just need someone to listen. Maybe we need to hear ourselves speak and to listen to what we're saying. Nehemiah assessed what was needed to be done, and then he addresses the situation. And many times that's what a counselor will help do. The result was correction happened and the willingness on the part of the people to change how they were treating one another. Mm -hmm. And that's ultimately the goal of getting and seeking help. So with that, let me just transition right into chapter 6 as well. Obviously, that's a very quick summary of chapter 5 and what it's talking about. But moving into chapter 6, we find the work is close to completion. 
It's exciting. Yay! And the walls are rebuilt. Yay! <laughs> but the gates have still not been put in place. Say, okay, Gary, why is that important? Well, the gates in Scripture always stand for a place of authority. Because see, in the culture of that day, all of the business transactions, judicial transactions and issues would be settled at the city gates. So it's a very strategic place in the community of that time. And so when we look at the idea of gates, it's all we have to do with the fact of what happens as a place of authority. And so the gates were not erected yet. They weren't put in place. The same is true of our homes. And catch this point with, with me, will you? Because I won't take a long time to elaborate on it, but I want you to catch this. Your entry points into your home can be places that can either damage or improve and grow and cause your home to thrive. What are your entry points? Entry points can be social media, TV. It can be other people coming in with attitudes and, and things like that. It can be thoughts that come into our heads and we begin to bring it into play into our homes and things like that. There are a lot of ways, but becoming conscious of the reality that there is an intentionality on the part of the enemy to come in and begin to smash you every way he can and allowing the Spirit of God to help you begin to understand what are the entry points that the enemy is trying to come into my home with and is causing all this havoc and all these problems and all this disruption and distraction into our homes and into me? True. And as you begin to discern that and understand it with the Holy Spirit, he will guide you then in what steps to take along the next steps in the next aspect of what needs to be done. What we want to notice is not only the tactics that the enemy uses mm -hmm. or used, <clears throat> but how Nehemiah responds and how we respond. There's been great progress, and so the enemy saw the need to change his tactics. He'll do this with us too, you know. Yeah. You know, the enemy does not give up very easily. No, he doesn't, you know. And let me just give you three things that in, in this chapter of chapter 6 that uh, the enemies of Nehemiah and the people of Israel were attacked and how that began to come and draw some parallels for us as well. First of all, that he was sent, um, oh, excuse me, he will send multiple messages and then he creates rumors in verse 1 to 4 that the, the enemies, Sambalat and Tobiah and the rest and all, they came along and said, hey, you know, have you heard, you know, <gasps> Nehemiah's really? doing. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, this is what he's up to mm -mm. right now, you know. And start, it doesn't take much, does it? I mean, you know, we've seen that a lot in the last year uh, of different ideas and thoughts that have been presented, you know, whether from a political standpoint or however you want to do it, socially and so forth. And that rumors go around, and then later on, you oh, that wasn't true. You know, so, you know, we need to be careful guarding ourselves in how we, we do that. But what does Nehemiah do? Here's how he replies. He says, there's no truth in any part of your story. I love it. There's no truth in it. You're making up the whole thing. One translation puts it this way. It says, it's all in your head. <laughs> 
You know, and a lot of times, you know, let me, let me get a little personal here. Sometimes it's all in my head. It's so true. You get the implication there? Okay, good. good. All right, I won't elaborate more. But, you know, sometimes about what Kathy's saying, what she's doing or not doing or shouldn't be saying, you know, it's all in my head. And it's going like this. And I develop a whole scheme of what to do and how to do it against her, which is causes what? A wall. You know. And she doesn't need to tear it down. I need to. Mm -hmm. Starting with my mind, with the Holy Spirit and prayer and allowing God to begin to bring it about. The second thing we find in this chapter in verses 5 through 9 is they begin to change the tactic again. And they begin to use intimidation. Now, when I was looking at this earlier, I, I, I felt the Holy Spirit speaking in my heart over it. And perhaps for us guys... If you're married and you're a husband, this is an area where we really blow it sometimes. Because we take our voice tone and we take our manliness and our ego and we begin to say, yeah, it's got to be this way because I said so. Submit, woman. I mean. <laughs> doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. But boy, it sounds good, you know. In our minds, at least. But what happened here was they began to try to intimidate Nehemiah. But again, notice his response. He, he said, they were just trying to intimidate us, imagining that they could discourage us and stop the work. That's what they were after to do. And Nehemiah says, I got it. Why did he, why was he able to get it? Why did he understand that? Because of prayer life that he maintained in his life with the Lord. And secondly, in his prayer life, he began to be more sensitized to what the Holy Spirit was saying on an ongoing basis. You know, uh, let me quickly digress to this. My, my sister-in-law, uh, many years ago, used to work in a bank. And when she first got there, they took her and put her into a room. I don't know that they do this anymore this way, but they did then. And uh, they took her into a room, gave her a stack of $20 bills, and said, uh, here's what we'd like you to do. Why don't you count it? Okay. So she counted them all. They came back, and they said, and she said, well, I got it all done. She said, well, do it again. And they did it a third time. And... They came back again, this time took the $20, the stack of $20 bills, came back in for the fourth time and handed it to her and said, please go ahead and count this again. And when they came back, she said, something was different with a couple of the bills that you gave me. And they said, exactly. By beginning to do what is true and right, real $20 bills, you begin to detect the feel of a difference when you get a phony one in there. Point is, for you and me, when we allow the Spirit of God to reveal His truth through His Word, through prayer, we begin to detect when it gets out of line to what it needs to be. Can I give you a very simple response that you can make to the devil that, that bothers you? It's, you know... Uh, Get ready. You can write this down and all. All right. Here it is. No. In Jesus' name. That's right. 
You don't have to argue with the devil. You don't have to go over a big deal. When you know a thought is coming in your head or an attitude is not right before God, speak to it and declare it no. You know, and I encourage people usually do it out loud because, you know, you, you, you do this stuff in your head a lot of times and it just kind of, yeah, it means nothing to him. You know, but a firm no declares, no, my faith and my trust is in God and I believe what he has to say. And the third thing I find in here that, uh, that Nehemiah was dealing with is he was actually sent false messages from a trusted source. Yeah, you'll have to read it if you haven't read it yet, verses 10 through 14. He was sent a, a message from a trusted source, you know. And I'm not, I want to be careful because we have in our culture right now such a sense of suspiciousness about everything and about everyone. Yeah, I mean, can I be very frank and honest with you? And yeah, oh, this is getting recorded, right? Okay, uh, <laughs> but you know, through COVID right now, one of the things you come back with, you almost feel like, what, what, what if you have it? And, and that's just one example. But in looking at everything of life and relationships, sometimes we have, we gain almost a spirit, I'll use the term, of suspicion about other people. Be careful of those things. You need to bring them before the Lord to ensure of what he has to say concerning it. Take advantage of the Holy Spirit's help. He is the spirit of truth. Asking for truth into situations. And I'll allow him to begin to guide you about the message or the thought or the word that's been spoken to you or in your home. You know, and let me encourage that you do so even with quote-unquote messages given by people that you would normally respect. Just because God gives or someone gives you a word from God, quote-unquote, doesn't mean you, you buy it hook, line, and sinker. You bring it back before the Lord. Lord, what do you say about this? And allow the Spirit of God to guide you in what it needs to be. And if you get those times where things have gone awry in your home and words have been spoken, things have been done, let me encourage you without, again, taking a lot of time to elaborate on it, but let me encourage you to take communion in your home. Reestablish who God is in you and refocus yourself on what he's accomplished to enable you to, as we sang before, be the champion in Jesus' name. You know, oppositions in our relationships, especially in our marriages, doesn't mean we give up mm -hmm. or quit. We need to know and establish who we are and what we are called to do. I could elaborate that with preach. <laughs> yes. At the first of the year, when I began to read my Bible again, and as you are familiar, if you're doing that, um, there's a lot of laws and a lot of regulations that God gives. However, as I'm reading, you know, and the Bible is good. It's, an, it's our instruction manual for mm -hmm. life. However, God boils it down to one commandment, and then Jesus picks up on it in the New Testament, and he reemphasizes it and adds to it. What is it? 
It's known as the greatest commandment. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. You know, let me take a moment to unpack that with you. First of all, it says we love God with all our heart. What is that? That's dealing with the emotion, with the emotion aspect of our, our lives. And as you well know, that our emotions have the ability to go up and down uh, just about every second. <laughs> yeah. And, and they can go all over the place. And, and guys, don't just turn to your wives and say, yeah, that's you kind of thing and all. Listen, we do it too, just as much as, as any other person does. But you love the Lord with all your strength. How do you do that? You go back and say, Holy Spirit, I can't do this myself. My emotions seem to go wacky all over the place. So how do I bring that into control? I make a commitment to begin with. And then I begin to pray, and then I implement what the Holy Spirit begins to guide me to do in controlling the emotional aspect of our lives. Number two is we love God with all our soul, or in other words, our entire life. In other words, God, you've got it all. Here it is. Lord, it's all it is. Lord, warts and all, here it is, God, you can have it all. And we begin to make that proper uh, dedication. But that's now, part of the expression of that love. That's 24-7. Oh, no. Not just Sunday mornings. Oh, shoot. Okay. <laughs> Let's bypass that. Um, <laughs> and then we love the Lord with all our mind, our thoughts, our reasonings. Why? Put a guard on that. Put a real guard on what all that means. Then... Fourth is the fact that all our strength, our will, our resolve, our decision-making. God, what is it you want me to do in this? How do you want me to respond? How do you want me to conduct myself in that regard that I make the right decisions and choices with my life? Then, it says, I receive God's love and I learn to love myself. As a counselor, I've often had to deal with people along this line. Said, I don't like myself. And for a variety of reasons. But the scripture comes back and says, God, one of the things let me remind you of is God never dangles a carrot out in front of us and says, hey, go for it, go for it, go for it, and keeps pulling it away. God isn't that way. He really isn't. He loves us enough to say, what I offer to you, I mean to offer you and give you. And so when God comes along and says, you, you can love yourself, then you begin to see the power of God. You know, there could be somebody here or several people, or maybe you're online and you're watching today, and you're unsure about where you really stand with God. Does God love me? Let me say this to you very simply. Yes. Yes, he loves you. Say, but Gary, you, you don't know what all I've done with my life and how I've lived my life. God does, and he still loves you. And I could take the next hour and help prove it to you, but I won't today. But I want you to know God loves you for who you are right now. 
And perhaps even as we've been talking, there's something stirring within your heart. You say, you know, I need to get my life put together and I need to make it work right. And I want to give God back and give him a chance. Listen, he's just waiting for that opportunity. And he wants to come into your life and begin to reshape it the way his plan for you has always been. You see, whether you and I have turned to God or not, God's always had a plan for us. Just waited for us to respond. And if you'd like to do that this morning, again, whether you're here, whether you're online, you know, I want to take an opportunity of praying with you right now. And where you just open up your heart to God and say, God, I need you in me, in my life. So would you bow with me and let's pray. Father, in this moment right now, it's an opportunity for us to begin to open our hearts up to who you are. Your love for us is so real. It's so deep. It's so significant. So life-changing. That Lord, when we invite you in and say, God, I've tried to run my own life my own way, and it's not working. I want to turn and allow you to show me how to live a life. God, for those that would seek to do that right now, I ask that they would be able to experience your love to surround them and encompass them and your peace to fill their hearts and their minds. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, if you've made that decision, let us know that. Go to our website, click the Connect card, and let us know, hey, I opened up my heart to Jesus today. Let me go on and finish up the rest here and all because I wanted to lead up to all of that of what I need to do about the love of God and allowing God's love to come into me and for me to love me because the last thing we do is it enables me to love my neighbor. It enables me to love my neighbor or as some translations even say, my friend. This is my friend. This is my friend. And when I let God's love fill my heart, I love her better. I can do that better. I can't do it as well on my own. I need God's grace to help me to do so. Really, the love is the key. Love is our foundation. It's the key to all relationships. If you want to read a little more about love, I would recommend jot this down and take time a little later today to read 1 Corinthians 13. Mm -hmm. uh, we were going to read it to you, but for time's sake, we're going to skip over that. I want you to know love is a decision. Mm -hmm. It's not based on feelings, nor is it based on how deserving one is, it's our responsibility to be connected to and filled with true love. That's Amen. God. Amen. He is the one who changes individuals, not us. And we can let it begin with us. Do I have time? Yeah, go ahead. Do it. I would like to read to you out of Psalms 27 a few selected verses. The Lord is my revelation light to guide me along the way. He's the source of my salvation to defend me every day. I fear no one. I'll never turn back and run from you, Lord. 
surround and protect me. Even evil ones come to destroy me. They will be the ones who turn back. My heart will not be afraid, even if an enemy arises to attack. Mm -hmm. I know that you are there mm -hmm. for me, so I will not be shaken. Amen. There's one thing I crave from God, the one thing I seek above all else. I want the privilege of living with him every moment in his house, finding the sweet loveliness of his face, filled with awe, delighting in his glory and grace. I want to live my life so close to him that he takes pleasure in my every prayer. God, hear my cry. Show me your grace. Show me your mercy and send the help that I need. Now teach me about all your ways and tell me what to do. Make it clear for me to understand for I'm surrounded by waiting enemies. Here's what I've learned through it all. Don't give up. Don't be impatient. Be intertwined as one with the Lord. Be brave and courageous and never lose hope. Yes, keep on waiting, for he will never disappoint you. Amen. Hallelujah. At the conclusion of Nehemiah's, the sixth chapter, the very end, it says, on October 2nd, the wall was finished. The people, they did not give up or give in. The people pressed through all the tactics of the enemy. And then it was the enemies that realized that the work had been done by the help of our God. Yes, yes. Who's glorified. Yes. Amen. It's not us. Amen. It is Amen. him. Yes. It is him who is glorified. Let's be very, very clear. It's with the help of God. It's through his love to us and in us that the relationships, that's our marriages, relationships with our parents, our siblings, and those others that live in our home, within the walls of our home, that are made healthy and strong. Amen. Father, we bow before you with gratefulness. Lord, I, I, I love how you put a service together. Lord, from the song selected that we didn't even talk about where we were going with things, and yet you orchestrated the confirmations throughout our whole morning, pointing to the fact of the valuable need and necessity we all have to depend upon you. Lord, we walk from here to take the action of what we heard earlier, of beginning to remember who you are, to pray, and to fight for our homes, for our families. Lord, make that a fresh commitment in us, not dependent upon our own ability, but upon yours. As we take one day at a time, putting our faith and trust in Almighty God, to set us free and bring about your purpose and plan for us. In Jesus' name. Say amen, church. Amen. Let me say that if you're here or if you're online and you're needing some help in one way or another way, you need prayer, 
you need support or whatever it might be, or as we said before, you want to be baptized in water, or you opened up your heart to receive Jesus this morning, we would consider it a privilege if you would allow us to know that and just connect with us because we'd love to connect with you and be a source of help and encouragement to you. So let us know that by letting that happen. And I'd like to invite you to stand, if you will. And I want you to send you out with this very classic and very uh, God-ordained blessing over you that was used throughout Israel's history and is used today. And it is, now may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. God bless you, church. Enjoy your week with Jesus. Bless you.